Good morning and welcome to the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast here on WXAN Radio out of Ava, Illinois. If you're listening locally, we're at 103.9 FM. If you're listening across the internet, that is www.wxanradio.com. And then click on Listen Live. We're thankful that you're here. and We want God to bless you today and encourage you in your walk with Him. And that you may grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and our coming King. I am David Pinkerton. Uh, some call me pastor. I'm blessed to be called that. Some will refer to me as doctor just because of my studies. Others will refer to me as Brother David. Whatever it may be, my name is David Pinkerton, and I'm glad to be here. I'm thankful to Brother Danny Hood, Leanne, and Will, and the good staff at WXAN Radio for allowing me a few minutes here behind the microphone to be a blessing, I hope, to you, and to share the good news that salvation is through Jesus and Him alone, and you can be born again, regardless of what's happened in your life, regardless of what sin depth you think you've stooped to, God's blood, the blood of Jesus, cleanses us from all sin. You can be saved and forgiven and restored and be given a good life, delivered and be given a positive life, an abundant life in this world. Uh, I do want to encourage you to pray for WXAN and support them financially, would you please? Today, I want to do a little bit more of teaching. A lot of times I just I preach a lot. You, If you've been listening very long, I love to preach. I love to do revivals, special meetings, and so forth. But I'm also a pastor at heart. So as a pastor, the Bible tells me in Ephesians, I get to, he, and he gave some pastors and teachers, he coupled that together, pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, or in other words, the maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Christians, you are to do the work of the ministry, and the way that you learn to do the work of the ministry is through your maturing in Christ through studying, reading the Bible, and doing the Bible, God's Word. We know this now. As sure as night follows day and day follows night, God lives and the Bible is right. The Bible is God's Word. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I want to do a little teaching today, so blow the dust off your Bibles and open them up to Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6, please. And I'm going to draw your attention to verse number 6. This is part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. You, you're aware of that. But I want to give you some thoughts today on a very, very uh, familiar subject that me and you and every person on the face of God's earth is aware of. Particularly if you've grown up, you've got any time on your life and, and age on you. And I want to deal with the specific topic of worry, of worry. Several years ago, I think it was in the 80s, I think there was a song that called uh, kind of a Caribbean flavor to it, I believe. It was called Don't Worry, Be Happy, something like that. I can't remember the name of the artist, but it was a catchy little tune. And he said, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Well, a lot of our happiness is stolen by Satan because of worry. So let's look at worry. Jot down some notes today, and God will give you the victory and deliver you from this, this sin of worry. You say, Pastor Dave, it's called worries a sin? Well, sure it is. It's just as much disobedience to the Word of God as anything else in any sin that you can categorize and call and name. So 
don't worry. You ever heard that expression? Hey, don't worry about it. Well, let's look at Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 25. Jesus speaking, he said, and I love to quote Jesus. When you quote Jesus, you're going to be accurate every time because Jesus is the final authority in the world. He said, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought. The word, the expression take no thought means simply don't worry about. Verse 25, Matthew 6, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought, notice that expression in verse 27, taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? In verse 28, and why take ye thought? There's that expression again. For raiment. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Verse 31, Therefore take no thought. There's that expression saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth, now notice this, knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Is the God of heaven, is he your heavenly Father? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Have you bowed your head in sincerity and repentance asking Christ to forgive you of your sins, to come into your heart and save you? And has God by His grace forgiven you through trusting Christ to be your Savior? If so, then you can call God your Heavenly Father because He is a loving Father. And He says, and take no thought, He said, before your Heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. That's in verse 32 of Matthew 6. Now notice verse 33, saints. But, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Let's deal with this subject of worry with the time we've got remaining, okay? God's word works, the Bible is right. It's powerful, folks. It'll change our lives. It'll deliver us. It'll set the captive free. It'll give you an abundant life as you study it and read it and put it into practice. So don't worry. You heard that expression, don't worry? You ever heard these words said to you? Hey, don't worry about it. Well, let me ask you a question. Did it work? Probably not. It's easy to say, or as the old country preacher said, it's easy preaching, but it's hard living. It's easy to say, but it's hard to put into practice. In essence, that is what the Scripture is saying in verse 25. But it goes on to tell us not to worry, but then it tells us how not to worry. God always tells us how to do things. It's one thing to tell someone, just don't worry about it. But it's another thing to tell them how they are supposed to keep from worrying about it. 
Now, I remind you that worry causes ulcers, high blood pressure, causes you to be grumpy and angry and nasty and hard to live with because you're fussing and fretting, the old country preacher would say. But what would that but what would that make you do? It'd make you worry. So the more someone worries, the more their physical health, their emotional health, their spiritual health is drained, and they get worse because they worry. Some people just worry all the time. I've heard it said, Pastor, all I do is worry. Well, there's a difference between concern and worry, and we should ask the Holy Spirit to help us understand that with every subject coming into our life. We want to be concerned about good outcomes, but we don't want to worry about them. We want to pray about them and give them to God. So how do we do this? Well, a good first step of dealing with worry and conquering worry is to confess it for what it is. It is a sin. Worry is not simply a weakness, folks. It is wickedness. What a poor testimony for a Christian to display to the lost world. To have the promises of God in the Bible, to be on the winning side because you've trusted Christ as Savior and still live in the fleshly realm of worry all the time. I heard a joke one time, one man worried so much that his toupee fell out. The hair from his toupee fell out, he worried so much. Another joke I heard was a man hired someone to do all of his worrying. He said, listen, I'll pay you $100,000 to take care of all my worries. And the man asked him, well, how are you going to pay me? He said, that's your first worry. <laughs> Let's be honest, we all worry, don't we? The ignorant worry because they don't know enough. The knowledgeable worry because they know too much. The rich worry because they're afraid of losing all that they have. The poor worry because they don't have enough. The old worry because they're facing death. And the young worry because they're facing life. Uh, There was a grandmother one time, the old preacher said, she had a worry stone. She'd put her thumb on it and just rub away when she began to worry. And she said it seemed to work for her. Well, it's part of human nature to have worries and to be worried. But we're supposed to have a new nature now, now that we've been born again spiritually by faith in Christ and been saved. We have a new nature. The Holy Spirit's living in us. We have a supernatural viewpoint to look at worry now. Here are some quotes about worry I think you'll find interesting. Blessed is the man that's too busy to worry in the daytime and too sleepy to worry at night. Another says, a problem not worth praying about is not worth worrying about. Again, another says, why pray when you can worry? (laughs) Well, another says, today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday. We're dealing with worry today, Christian friend. Listen close. God's speaking to us. And another thought that you hear about the term worry, the only place perpetual worry will get you ahead of time is the cemetery and in heaven. Now, worry affects our total being. Therefore, folks, there are ways not to worry. And that involves our total being, our spirit, soul, and our body. We're made like God. God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God in a triune, three personal persons. One God in three persons. We, we as mankind, made in the image and likeness of God, is also the same, spirit, soul, and body. We're also made in that triune fashion. And God wants us to get our mind and our spirit and our body involved in certain things that His Word teaches so that we don't worry. Now let's look at some ways, jot these down, on how we can stop worrying, okay? How we can stop worrying. And I want to say this before we get into that. Circumstances really don't matter. 
We can worry no matter what our circumstances may be. They may be good. They may be bad. Happiness, folks, is a choice. But it's hard to come to that decision. Worry is the opposite of faith. In verse number 30, we saw that. But even faith is hard to come by oftentimes. So we need some help. Well, there are three times in this passage the Bible uses the expression, take no thought. God says, take no thought. That means don't worry. But again, God redirects us to channel our thoughts in another direction, replacing bad thoughts with good ones. So how are we going to overcome worry? Number one, jot this down. Think of God's greatness. Think of God's greatness because it's seen in the wonder of his provisions. His greatness is seen. Look at verse 26. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, but gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father, personal pronoun, your heavenly Father, put your name there, feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Look at verse 28. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. So think of God's greatness because it's displayed in all of his provisions. He's saying, look at the fowls. Look at their bounty. Look at their plenty. Birds are always singing in thanksgiving to God. Notice that? You always hear a bird singing, don't you? Then he says, consider the lilies. In other words, learn the lilies. Observe the lilies. Look at them. Look how beautiful they are. and Look at them in their prosperity. God clothed them. So think about God's greatness because it's seen in the wonders of his creation. But secondly, it's also seen in the worth of God's people. You are more important to God than anyone else. Think about this. You yourself. You are. You're special to the Lord. Verse 26 says what? And the latter part says, Your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye, put your name in there, not much better than they? So God is saying, hey, why are you worrying? You're superior to those other creations I just mentioned. You're more valuable to them. My people, Christian people, God's people, redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. If God does all this for plants and animals, what do you think he'll do for us? What do you think he'll do for you? When we're worrying, folks, our thinking isn't right. We are superior to the plants and the animals that God has created. If they are the glory of his creation, then how much more should we be? Because we're made in His image and in His likeness. So the first thing to conquer worry is to think of God's greatness. Because it's seen in His provisions and it's seen in the worth of His people. Secondly, how do we overcome worry? By trusting in God's graciousness. Trusting in God's graciousness. Notice verse number 30 and 31. Notice the work of God's grace here in Matthew chapter number 6, verse number 30 and 31. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? That's a work of God's grace. And we can trust his graciousness. He is the God of all grace. God clothes the grass of the field that today is, and tomorrow it's cut down and, and refined and cast into the oven. It's gone after one season, a short time, and then it never returns. And folks, human beings are eternal. There was a time that you didn't exist, but now that you have discovered America and been born and born again, there will never be a time that you don't exist. We're eternal. 
If God does all that for the grass, how much more will he do that for us in magnitude and in quantity? You see, it's a sign of little faith when we're worrying. We're not trusting God. We're worrying about things. We need to get back to trusting in God's grace. He saved you by his grace. He secured you and gave you eternal life by his grace. He'll also take care of you. Trust in his graciousness, the works of his grace. But not only the works of his grace, what about the wisdom of God's grace? That's why we can trust in it. The wisdom of God's grace. Look at verse 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. The wisdom of God's grace, we can trust in it. Life of many folks were consumed in pursuit of materialism. Many people have literally ruined their health and killed their self prematurely, chasing all the money they can get, all the material love of the world. Verse 21 and even verse number 24 showed you that. You can't serve two masters. And God says, hey, don't worry, because your Heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. Food, clothing, and shelter, He's talking about. He knows you need the basics of life, food, clothing, and shelter. Your Heavenly Father, your Father, that term is repeated 12 times in this chapter alone. Your Heavenly Father, God is a Father that loves His children. So trust in His grace. Trust in the work of His grace and the wisdom of His grace because His graciousness recognize the wisdom of God's grace. He knows all about your need. He's the beginning and the end of your faith. And all of this is somewhere in the middle. He knows what's going on in your life. Trust Him. Look to Him. You can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth you. Well, the third way that we can overcome worry is to thrust into God's goodness thrust into his goodness. Look at verse 33 and 34. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Thrust into God's goodness. Consider the goodness of his will, God's will. It's found in verse 33. He said what? Don't worry about things. Seek after me. Pursue me. Desire me. Desire your relationship with me. Jesus Christ is what he's saying. My relationship with God. Folks, the Bible says what? That we may draw close to God. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Notice that his will is for you to focus upon him. And endeavor to walk close to Christ in the way with the Lord. Why? Because it's God's will. He wants to walk with you. Christianity is salvation through faith in Jesus and Him alone and His blood atonement, burial and resurrection given freely by grace. But it is simply a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not keeping the commandments. It's not being baptized. It's not being a church member. All those things have a place. But to be born again, you must trust Christ by faith as your Savior. And God then Once he births you, secondly, gives you the new birth spiritually, now he wants you to focus on him and walk with him. His will is going to be done upon this earth, and he has a will for your life. Do you know what God's will for your life is? You should ask. The goodness of God's will, he said, don't worry, seek after me first. Put me first. Put the kingdom of God first. That's God's rule, that God's will will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. 
and then seek his righteousness. So when God rules, folks, there's perfect righteousness. He said, seek and strive for, thrust yourself into the goodness of God's rule and God's will for your life. And the peace of God that passeth all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Replace the negative thoughts of worry with other thoughts. We all need to keep our mind active, active in the Scripture. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. Read that, Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9. God tells us how to think. So we thrust into His goodness uh, thrust into His goodness by understanding the goodness of His will, but then also the goodness of His warranty, the goodness of His warranty. Look at verse 33, the latter part of that verse says, What? And all these things shall be added unto you. Your food, clothing, and shelter. Doesn't matter what they say about the supply going on in America. Doesn't matter what the prices may be of gasoline and of groceries, although they are incredibly ridiculous. Our God is still in control. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're doing. He knows what you need. He knows what you need job-wise. He knows what you need in every facet of your life. Focus on Him is what He's saying. And the warranty that God gives is a divine warranty. He said, all these things, food, clothing, and shelter, shall be added unto you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's good news. God's warranty is backed by His reputation and His riches. Folks, shall be added simply means that phrase, it's future passive. It means God's warranty is only as good is only good for us to us or for us after we seek him first in his kingdom. He said seek me first in my kingdom and then here comes my warranty into your life. I'm going to do these things for you, your food, clothing and shelter. It may be 2022. It may be that we have a recession coming on and we're living in this crazy economy right now, folks. It's just criminally asinine and it's horrible. It's despicable that the American people would have to go through this. But God is allowing this to refocus us as Christians upon him. He's our supply. He's our author. Not the White House, not the federal government, but Jesus. And he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. God is saying, don't worry about it. So how do you keep from worrying? Matthew 6, 25 through 33 says, Think about God's greatness. Trust in God's graciousness. And thrust yourself into God's word, into God's goodness. Folks, we worry about food, clothing, health, and shelter. And statistics say that 40% of what we worry about will never happen. 30% has already happened. 12% of what we worry about is an unfounded criticism by other people. 10% we worry about our health, and the last 8% of actual problems is things that we have the power to do something about. So if you need to lose weight, lose it. If you need to read the Bible more often, do it. If you need to win souls, and we should be, do that. But 92% of what we worry about is useless, and worrying about 8% didn't help the situation one bit. God is saying, hey, don't worry about it. The cause of worry, it's empty to worry. But the cost of worry, don't you hate to pay interest on things you buy? I think we all do. House, credit card, car. Well, we worry is interest that we pay when we borrow from tomorrow's problems. What's going to happen tomorrow? Pastor Dave, well, God knows. The poet said, and I quote, For every evil under the sun, there's neither a cure or there is none. There's either a cure or there is none. If there be a cure, seek till we find it. If there be none then never mind it, end of quote. Another cost of worry, well, worry is contagious. Avoid worry-wart people, folks, and an alcoholic shouldn't go to a bar 
and shouldn't be around people that drink. Well, if you're a worrier, you shouldn't be around people that worry. They'll pull you down. (laughs) They need to be quarantined, so to speak. So the cure for worry is to remember God is still in control. Trust the Lord. Remember the Lord's in control. Now, this morning, my time is about gone. And with the time I have left, I do want to encourage you. It looks like Easter is coming real soon. And you're going to be hearing Easter messages. Thank God Jesus arose. And because Jesus lives, our faith is not in vain. Our preaching is not in vain. And Jesus is coming again. you got everything to shout about, not to worry about. So let God conquer worry. Worry is a sin. Confess it to Him as sin. Ask His forgiveness. Ask Him to strengthen you. Stay in the Bible. Read the Bible. Matthew 6, verses 25 through 33. And take no thought. God is still in control. Thank you for listening to the Good Tidings radio broadcast. We are honored that you're here, and we pray that God will bless you in so many ways and just focus upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, in whom having not seen ye love, and ye rejoice, are you rejoicing? With joy unspeakable and full of glory. God bless every one of you.